Welcome, welcome to episode number 88 of Bleeding Blue and the New York Football Giants have lost once again 31-26 to in Detroit against the Lions. They fall to 2-6 and on the football season. Without further ado, let's bleed blue. What a day. Um, Welcome back. This is Bleeding Blue. My name is Justin. My usual co-host, his name is David. He is not here. He is in Detroit. He just witnessed yet another loss. But we have Glenn Warsiski of NYG Underground. Now, Glenn, your first appearance on this podcast was in episode 45 in May. Even though it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, it feels like it was an eternity ago, at least for me. Yes, that is true. That is true, Justin. It's been it's been a while, but it's good. I've been listening to you all off season. You go into the, uh, the mini camps, you know, training camp throughout the season. You guys have been doing a fantastic job of covering the Giants, being fair uh, in your uh, assessments of the team. Glenn, I always appreciate you. you. Always, there's a few people in this world that boost up my ego, and you're and Glenn. You're always one of you're them. Welcome. I appreciate you. <laughs> I feel like last week was much more of a sad event and a sad weekend, but this was not not so much a sad or frustrating, upsetting um, game. But, you know, so, Glenn, I don't feel bad asking you this for the people that are listening um, to have, you know, wait a few minutes for us to talk about the actual game. Glenn, tell us about you. Um, if people that I've been, you know, started picking up the podcast over the summer, you know, didn't listen to that episode that we did back in May, where we had also Paul Burke on, who's also a part of the NYG Underground team. Uh, tell us a little about you. Tell us a little about the blog. And uh, and then we'll go forth. All right. Well, my name is Glenn Warsiski. Uh, I have been blogging about the Giants since 2006. I've had a Giants blog not called NYG Underground. That started back in about 2010, but I started blogging uh, in 2006. This was like over the... Uh, you know the the blogger through Google. You know this is before uh, we had Twitter. We had uh, I think Facebook started about 2008. Uh, so I started uh, doing that. I think it was under uh, Giants Football Talk. Uh, I had my own little blog uh, blogging about the Giants. And the reason why I got into it was it was a hobby. Was covering the team, but also too I wanted to get a point across. Um, you know maybe the, the the beat writers who do who cover the Giants. They they do a good job, but I, I feel like okay, well you know perhaps there could be something more. You know that I could add value to that people uh, will be interested in. And um, so, so I started in 2006 and then I joined um, ultimate NYG.com, uh, Andy Furman's blog in 2009. And I blogged w- with him for, for, for about 2012. Uh, I had articles appear in the New York times when they had a, a sports blog page. Uh, I was featured there several times where you know there was a blog, uh, there was a post about Kevin Gilbride. At the time, I supported him. There was a lot of Giants fans that did not. Uh, and uh, what else? I uh, covered the Manning Passing Academy in 2009, 
that was a fun, that was a fun time. You know, I had the the uh, you know reporter. I covered it for a local ESPN station, and um, you know, been on uh, several podcasts. Uh, the podcast uh, with Justin and David piqued my interest. I there's many uh, now with social media. There's many podcasts out there. Um, a lot of them. You know, uh, you know, they're good, but I mean, the thing is, a lot of it's like, um, uh, I would say, uh, you know, maybe too fan friendly, uh, and a lot of regurge where all they do is just take, uh, stuff that the beat writers have and they just put it on their own site. Uh, when, what caught my interest with, uh, Justin and David, uh, they talked about value with the draft. Um, Justin, um, uh, and David have a good, good chemistry. They don't always agree, but they're respectful. And they, there's a good give and take. Uh, it's uh, entertaining, which uh, also is a big plus. So I know there's a there's a commentator that uh, what's it U- UCLA professor that says you guys yes. talk too much that you guys talk too yes. much. No, but you have to you have to you have to break it up a little bit. You know you have to break it up a little bit. But you guys give good content. You're uh, passionate. Uh, you know, and you're serious. You you go to the games. You guys go to the the um. Uh, training camp, you guys report, you guys, you, you know, you're thinkers, you're not going with the flow, you know, you're having your, your takes on, you know, where the team's going. Um, so, you know, it's refreshing. So that's why I um, been listening to it, uh, you know, and then you had me on, which was uh, a pleasure. We had a good give and take on value in the draft. And, um, I, you know, I just really enjoy listening to you guys. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Um, uh, David was not nice to me. You said David's respectful. David was not nice to me. He said that, uh, you know, I, I had I had shingles <laughs> over the weekend. And then he called me ugly. It was very rude of him. Yes. <laughs> it was not nice. I was not. I was not happy with him. Not happy with him at all. I am now offended that you called David respectful because he's not. He's a he's a terrible human being. Glenn, let's uh let's talk about this football game. Uh, give me. Give me your maybe gut reactions uh, right away, um, and then I'll kind of maybe give some of my reactions, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of have more conversation from there. All right. Well, this game I I didn't think they were going to win, so it's not like um, you know I'm upset. I was more upset last week when I caught your podcast that you know that Cardinals lost unacceptable. I mean that was a home game. You know that was last week. So this week I'm thinking, all right, well where are we at? You know they're playing in Detroit. You know, Detroit's had three ugly losses uh, in, in a row. They got cheated uh, by the refs uh, against the Packers. So I had a feeling that the Lions were going to win, but like how much, you know, how much are they going to win? We have a, um, uh, a colleague of ours, Tony, um, the prophet, who writes the for prophet. us on Sundays oh. and, does, and does the prophet's pulpit. Now, prophet's outspoken, you know, prophet. Um, doesn't always agree with us, which is good because it's a different voice. You know, it's sort of like on your podcast. So Prophet was really upset. Prophet was calling for Sherman to be fired after last week. Um, yeah, I thought it was malfeasance on his part, but I didn't think it r- rose to the level of, uh, you know, I mean, he didn't do a good job at all. We know that. We know that. But I don't think he deserves to be fired yet. But I think maybe put on notice if you want to say. No, so so this week's game, it's like, okay, what what are we going to get in this week's game? Uh, are they going to fall? I thought when it was 14-0, to zero, Early on, I'm like, oh, this is going to get ugly. I said, Jones did not look good. Um, you know, they gave up, you know, the, the turnover that Jones gave up. So now Jones had, what, 19 turnovers now, you know, coming in. He's been turning the ball over, and that's not good. Okay, you know that. You can't turn the ball over and expect to win uh, at any level, especially the NFL. So they're down into a 14-0 hole. But the thing is, they came back. So they, saw, they, they showed fight uh, in this game. You know, they didn't fold like a, a cheap 10. Uh, and they um, and they and they and they fought the whole game. So so the team's still playing. Uh, you got to give Sherman credit here. 
Uh, you, you could nick you could here and there on different things that occurred. In the, but overall, I didn't think we were going to win. But I'm just happy to see when you talk about a loss, uh, you guys talked about it with the New England game. Yeah, they lost in New England. It was a short week. The score says 35 to 14, but they were in the game. The same thing here. It wasn't like they got blown out. They didn't get 40 points. Uh, you know, the team responded uh, offensively. So what are you going to say? They were, they were two and six team. So I think the conversation has to go to, okay, where are we now as a franchise? You know, and how are we going to finish up this particular year? Because uh, when I was on in uh, May, you know, Dave was talking about a plan with Gettleman. Now I know myself uh, and I know um, Justin here, we're not big fans of Dave Gettleman uh, overall uh, and what his take on the team is in terms of like where they're at 2018 we were supposed to be contenders we finished five and 11 you know this year he comes out and says well we're going to rebuild while winning well we're at the halfway point of the year and we're two and six last year we were one and seven so you know we have made progress if you want to look at it that way i don't know how, how gettleman's going to spin it they got you know one extra win but overall you know it, it was a loss and it wasn't as bad as, you know, as last week, but they fought. And that's, that's all you could say about the football team. Like I, I watched it till the end. It wasn't like I turned it off. Like after the third quarter, you're like, Oh, they, they have no chance. So they had a chance, you know, until the end of the game. Yeah. That's this football team, Glenn, uh, this football team, it, it never, you can never turn off a game. And that's in a good way or in, in a good way where you're like, Oh, I can turn off the game and know that we know that we won and just enjoy my afternoon. Or you can't turn it off in a bad way, being like, oh, well, this team just got their butts kicked and we're just going to move on to next week. And that's good for entertainment value, I guess, you know, in terms of your heart is always in it. But also going from today's game, I really didn't learn anything new about this football team. I learned nothing really new. And it was the not really the same thing as as last week, but it's it's stemming off of last week as well. You know, keys to today's game. I feel like you didn't really need to analyze this Lions team a lot to really know the keys to today's game. The keys to today's game, don't get down by multiple scores early. I feel like that's been Pat Shermer's main scapegoat, you know, in terms of people, in terms of this conversation of how much accountability does Shermer deserve? Does he deserve to be fired tomorrow? Does he deserve to have more time? Does he deserve to just have, you know, automatically guaranteed that he has a job in 2020. Ultimately, the main scapegoat for him has been is that his team and his particularly his defense has just almost taken them out of football games before the first quarter is even over, where they're down by multiple scores. But you did, you know, the 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 other side of that and the compliment to that, which you already talked about, was that they fought back and they made it a football game. That's the Giants way in 2019. Get down early, show fight, and you have some sort of tangible optimism walk, walking away from a football game is that, oh, they fought. Don't lose the time of possession battle on a two-to-one ratio after one quarter. It actually was split. It actually was split after the first quarter. It was a it was, it was about a seven-minute to seven-minute split um, after the first quarter, and I think the Lions won the time of possession battle uh, eight to six um, during the second quarter. So that wasn't necessarily a problem. Where you do see problems is that you want to establish consistent and sustainable drives with Saquon. Uh-huh. Because where I have the problem now, we ha- I haven't talked about my criticism and my critiques of Dave Gettleman in a very long time, um, probably since the offseason, probably since, you know, where where I feel like it is it is more of a time to talk about a criticism of Dave Gettleman rather than the regular season. Because what is Dave Gettleman going to do during the regular season that's going to be, you know, some sort of tangible 
effect rather than trades, which we actually should talk about trades in this podcast episode, you and me, Glenn. I would like to hear some of your thoughts on that. But this football team, their identity heading into this year was, suppo- was supposed to be Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. Now, that's difficult to do in a passing league. And the pressure that is on Pat Shermer and Saquon Barkley to perform is immense because the way that this team is built, this team is built to be giving Saquon the ball and rushing the ball, sustaining drives through him, and then play action with Jones, throwing the ball with Jones here and there. But number one, that's not what this football team is because if you're down by multiple scores early in the game, that's tough to do. And that's just not what the NFL is. That's not what the NFL is. And that's where you can point to Dave Gettleman and say, that's a big critique on how you have constructed this offense. So that's where I am with that. Oh, oh I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, because now, now you were just talking about uh, Gettleman and um, like where we're at right now. So here we are, uh, year two of the Gettleman regime and their record uh, at whole over the two years, were they 7-17 seven and 17 right now? Uh, as a yes. as a team yep. under his uh, under his leadership, uh, so they're so they're seven and seventeen. We're here at two and six. And one of your previous podcasts, you had a good point. You're like, um, I'm I'm tired. Uh, now this is you. I'm paraphrasing you. I'm tired. Like the second half of seasons, where like the yep. season's over already. Like there's no playoffs. You know, last year they. I thought they gussied it up a little bit, the Giants with the playoffs. I know, you know, we talked about it in the May podcast at the end, you know, with the different teams. And I and, and they played a lot of backup quarterbacks at the uh, the back end of their schedule, and they won games. You know, they won the turnover battle uh, uh, in those games, and I think they finished uh, plus two as a team. You know, this year is a different story because we have more turnovers, especially from Jones. Uh, but, but in this game, you know, so here we are. We're two and six. Uh, you know, what are we looking at as a team like to grow from? I mean, you could see, and this is a theme we've been writing on our blog on the nygunderground.com is, is the uh, the team lacks speed, especially at the linebacker position and the free safety position, because, you know, in this game, they gave up, you know, you, you know, the, the cardinal rule was, I remember Parcells talked about, you know, nothing uh, deep, nothing cheap. Well, they gave up two cheap touchdowns. No, Glenn, it's, to Glenn, it's terrible. Game. Glenn, I feel like this yeah. is every single week, anytime a team throws over 20 yards down the field, it's open. There, it, There's just open, open zones. And it's so strange because how often do you see Giants cornerbacks playing five, 10 yards off the ball where they are almost playing prevent defense almost every single play, yet they find ways to be one of the worst defenses in the league allowing big plays. It it confuses me. <laughs> it well, really you know what, you, you really know what does. So, you know what's something that you know either uh, you know I can work on or you work on. I know uh, uh, what's the coach of the uh, the Ravens at one time, uh, Billick, Brian Billick. I think he had like a it was um, a toxic uh, like index where you talk about like how many big plays you're giving up on defense and how many. There's like there's a formula for it. Uh, perhaps we could dig into that and see at the halfway point uh, what the Giants' toxic index is, because it, it would give you a gauge. You know, it's one of those uh, snapshot things where you, you you plug it in the numbers into the formula and you see where you're at. And if you're like at a you know a plus tox, you know if you're a plus, then you're good. You know, you're a playoff team. You know, usually bears out. And if you're negative, 
then you're, you know, you're not doing so well. So I know the Giants are probably negative because I think they count for turnovers and big plays. Uh, and, uh, and, and so it's, it's like a toxic index, but yeah, it's, it just, it's just upsetting. Now I know people kill the defense. I mean, I know there's people, uh, you know, on Twitter, uh, who espouse the, 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 uh, the opinion that defense stinks and, you know, that's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I know they ranked low, but in this game, I mean, they didn't give up 40 points. You know, they gave up the two big plays, right. uh, they got stops when they needed to. I mean, the giants, like you just said earlier, you know, Bill Walsh talked about this when he was a coach. He's he always said, "Beat them to the punch. Let's score first. Let's let's get the first first down. Let's get the first score." Well, the Giants. I mean, if you're going to give up, put yourself uh, 14 in a hole. This is the second consecutive week uh, that they're down by a big margin, and you know they're on the road here. So the crowd got into the game. David probably could uh, expand on this when he gets back, like how the crowd got into the game. But the Giants came back in the game. But I mean, you can't. But then again, you can't give up these big plays. And, um, you know, expect to win. And especially, um, you know, if you're down by so much. The Giants defense themselves gave up 24 points this game. They gave up 10 points in the, in the first half. And they actually, I liked how the telecast mentioned today, the Fox telecast uh, mentioned, uh, they asked Pat Shermer about the team's success. And I'm going to put this in quotes. The, the offense's success of scoring, the offense scoring on their first drive. Now, it's been a while since the Giants have had success scoring on their first drive. Remember, that was within like maybe the first four four games of the season, five games of the season, where they actually did have that success, scoring within the first one to two drives. Well, since that kind of stretch where they had Eli Manning starting and then, you know, Daniel Jones's uh, first, first couple games, they haven't done that. The quote that the telecast talked about was that Pat Shermer said, well, you want to call your, your best plays early in the game. He said this. So here today for the Giants, you know, here was their start. They got the ball first, four plays. It was a punt. Total drive, two minutes. Then the Giants, you know, the Giants were, you know, the Lions were driving down the field. Then Jenkins has that interception where I don't know what Stafford was doing. Great momentum. <laughs> that's that's the Jones fumble lateral, which I don't I don't really understand that, but I guess you know a lateral pass it is considered a backwards pass, and then therefore it's a live ball. So then that's the touchdown. So then the Giants get the ball back after that. Three plays, nine yards, punt the ball away. Then the defense allows the touchdown. Then the Giants decide to play football. And by that time, you're already in the middle of the second quarter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you yeah. want to you call your best plays early in the game. Yet, these last few games, one of the main reasons why the Giants haven't been in football games and the reasons why they are playing catch-up is because they're not having early success on offense. Oh, I agree with you. And this is something that David and yourself, uh, you know, even David's been hammering, hammering at home yeah. you know, with the defense because he's been a proponent of the defense and saying, hey, look, we, let's pump the brakes here. The defense, okay, I know the defense isn't good. I know um, we have um, our wards on defense. Okay, I know that. But it's not like 2009 with Sheridan as a defensive coordinator when they're giving up 40 points where they gave it up six times. So it's not like, you know, the doors are getting blown off. You know, I thought maybe this was that type of game. But they didn't. But I mean, the, the takeaway of this game, you know, you were talking about, you know, is the poise and the unflappable uh, Daniel Jones. I mean, he looked lost, uh, you know, in that uh, you know first uh, couple series and for him to bounce back and to and he was under pressure for him to bounce back and to play the way he did. I mean, at one point he had nine straight completions. Uh, he brought them back at the half. It was the 17-13 game. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're in it, you know, so they're in it. So like, all right, well, good. So now we have a second half. 
But that's that's the positive, the takeaway here. But what I hear you saying now again, I'm not a fan of Shermer either. I wasn't, uh, you know, I thought it was a safe hire by the Giants um, because they thought that you know he wouldn't make waves as you know uh, as a as a person that would meddle with the uh, personnel. He was not like a Parcells type. Um, he's not some of these coaches that want power, uh, you know, with, you know, personnel. So he's like, you know, that type of person. So I, you know, he, I think he's an introvert, meaning he doesn't really display much emotion. Uh, I really think he's a good guy, uh, deep down inside. But again, you know, this is the NFL. And as Parcell said, the NFL is a results business and we're not getting results with him. You know, here he's a, supposed to be this offensive right. guru, this quarterback whisperer. Well, he didn't rekindle. Uh, Manning's career, you know, we talked about, you know, this was supposed to be a better offensive line. They yanked Manning after two games, deservedly so. Okay, deservedly so. They bring in, um, they bring in Jones, and he had that phenomenal uh, game against the Buccaneers. And then, like, after, you know, then he played the, you know, they played the um, woeful Redskins, you know. But he played. I mean, again, it's the NFL. He played good. So they had two wins in a row, and now uh, we were two and two, and now we've dropped four in a row. So here we are with these avalanche of losses. Like, when are these losses going to stop? But again, it it starts with preparation. And I think one of the things that you're talking about is, hey, look, we got to get out, out of the gate fast. We can't, you know, be this horse, you know, that's in the back, and then we get maybe to the to the middle of the pack, you know, when the race is over. That's what it seems like with these with these Giants games. But I, I wanted to ask you also too, what's going on? You know, you said your play calling here. I mean, I don't want to talk about play calling, but are we going to give Solder help? I mean, I know they're paying him a lot of money, but are we going to give this guy help? I, you know, the, the realistic expectation is for me to say, you shouldn't have to give your left tackle help. <laughs> he's your left tackle and he's being paid like a top five left tackle. If yes, we're is. in a position, you know, and I guess this is, this is yet another excuse. Now I'm saying excuse, like it's a bad thing. This is another, you know, skate. And I say scapegoat also, like it could be a bad thing, but I don't really mean it to be such a bad and mal and, you know, terrible thing. Another excuse and scapegoat for Pat Shermer is that, you know, he now needs to game plan to help his left tackle. Mm. <laughs> yes. You know, and that that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be something that you're talking about in a coaching room, you know, going into a football game. Oh, how can we help out, you know, Nate Solder, who's been in the league for how many years, who's won how many Super Bowls, and... How can we help him? How can Evan Ingram go in and chip? Do we really need to put Rhett Elson in the game? Who what what good is he really doing in a football game besides just kind of being a a presence and and sometimes taking up space, which isn't really I don't really mean to you know dig dig on Rhett Elson. Sure. It's just who sure, he is sure. at this point. You know why? You know that's that's tough. That's a tough spot to be in. Uh, Glenn, you were talking about play calling. This is one spot where. One 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 quarrel that I have just, you know, I haven't watched the old 22. I haven't okay. made my videos, et cetera, et cetera. But that fourth down play um, where the Giants were driving down the fields and it, and it was, remember that we had that like third and 22. We had that third and, and extremely long. Wayne Gallman makes a nice play to make it fourth and six. Yes. Uh -huh. The Lions are showing an all-out blitz. Giants, I believe, right. are running 11 personnel or basically they have three receivers that are running routes on that fourth down one is running a streak down the sideline which don't know I, I i mean i can understand why i guess that's happening if you have a one-on-one -on -one matchup but it's a fourth and six the priority should be picking up the first down however there have been times this season where the giants have had fourth down third downs and intermediate 
and then they've thrown the ball deep for positive results. So, okay, you got a guy running down deep down the sideline. I can't tell you what the out, what the other outside wide receiver is doing, but Golden Tate's the slot, and he's running a route that's going out towards the sideline. You know, so he's running a square out, you know, out or in towards the sideline. Lions are showing all blitz, and they come in. Everybody comes mm-hmm. in. Nobody is running in the middle of the field, Glenn. Right. Nobody. Right. You know, that's that's a gimme. That is a gimme, gimme, gimme. They're begging you to throw the ball over the middle of the field and just pick up a first down with the one-on-one matchup versus a cornerback, and nothing. Nothing is being run towards the middle of the field. So you're asking Daniel Jones to make a throw towards the outside in an all-out blitz when everybody – when you have – Six, seven guys coming after. Yeah, now, this is the play fresh in my memory. Okay, so with the fourth and six, okay, they um, they decided to go for it. Now, look, I yes. I applaud Shermer. You had to. I mean, you know that the game's online. You have to go for it. And, and this is the ball that was um, tipped by the Detroit defender, right? Like uh, Jones was going back. He was under. He was under pressure. The ball got. Uh, tip by the defender and then fell incomplete and then they they turned it over on downs is that, is that the sequence we're talking about right now yes they are running out of 11 personnel you have slayton slayton to the left i believe fowler or latimer is the receiver mm-hmm. that is the on your right engram is in as the tight end so you have one two okay. three four five six seven guys in the box and so it was a zero all seven come Yes, it was a zero blitz, and you are right. The defender, the defender did have the ball in his hands, and he dropped it. Yep. You know, this is where you can credit. You know, I know the guy made a good play, but you know, Patricia comes from the the Bill Belichick school. Uh, you know, with regards to you know pressure, and you know, if you, these days it's difficult to get to a quarterback. I know uh, the writer for the um, Ringer, Clark, wrote an article. Uh, I think last year about like two seconds. It was titled or something about like a t- you got to get to the quarterback like real fast because because the quarterbacks get rid of the ball fast. Now, was that on that particular play? Was that like a short pass or like they were? Was there a screen? Were they trying to set up blockers? It was just a sh- trying to get a little short pass to to Ingram on, on that particular play. They only had time to develop that play to Tate. Okay. But my main question and quarrel is yeah. now they did run that same. They ran that same play with Sterling Shepard in the Washington game on a fourth down. And Shepard actually got open it, and it was a fourth down conversion. Okay. This was just a much better play that the defensive back made. But still, you know, Glenn, if if they're begging you by having a zero blitz and they're penetrating both A-gaps, both sides mm-hmm. of both A-gaps with interior linebackers, they're begging you to throw the ball over the middle field. Why is there nobody? There's no option running open over the middle of the field. I mean, I... This Uh is, I'm no guru. I will never claim to know football like the back of my hand, but it's just common sense. So that's literally, as of right now, that's my only quarrel with play calling. And again, it comes down to situational awareness and that when there is a time, when there is a time, a tangible time that a head coach and a play caller can actually have an impact on a Uh football game, it could have been right there and he falls short once again. Okay, well, that, fair enough. I mean, that, that's, that's very fair. Yeah. Because what, I think what you're trying to allude to is how come it wasn't like a, a quick slant? You know how like you see like the Saints do it all the time to uh, Thomas. You know, it's fourth down, yeah. and they run a quick slant right over the middle because like you just said, they're coming with a zero blitz. He's coming, he, and Breeze gets, the, gets rid of the ball real quick and hits Thomas, and they get six, seven yards, and they get the first down, you know, or whatever it is, say seven, eight yards, and they get the first. That's what you're asking. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is where it's at. You know, I mean, you know, like I said uh, earlier, you know, with the Giants, here we are, we're two and six. So now how is the season going to go from here? 
you know, are we, are they going to, you know, are we going to go off the tracks and win two games and that's it? Or are we going to, you know, play hard, maybe lose some games, maybe pick up a couple wins. But I mean, you know, realistically, what, what are we looking at, you know, at this, uh, at, at this juncture, you know, I mean, there were some positives we could, we could say, you know, Jones, uh, we could talk about, um, you know, Slayton, the wide receiver made some, you know, beautiful plays. That's looks like a good uh, combination Jones to Slayton. But I mean, what, what are we looking at? You know, are we looking at, you know, four wins, five wins, but I mean, what's at the end result? you know, you know, going forward, like, and as a team, I mean, we, there's so many holes. Shermer's got to do better. I mean, I, I agree with you. He's got to do better. He was supposed to be this uh, guru. Uh, and really, I mean, how many points have they really put up? I mean, you know, I know you said the defense just gave up 24 points. Uh, the offense, have the, has the offense scored 30 points, what, once this season with Sherman? That was the Tampa Bay game. Have we put up more than 30 points besides that game? Yeah, it, you know, and it's not even the points, Glenn. I, I honestly, there's a part of me that could, kind of care less about points because it all sometimes goes within the flow of a football game. Okay. It's just about sustaining drives and you have Saquon Barkley. And this is my, this is my problem and why I continue to question the value of a running back because you have him. There is no excuse as to why this football team cannot sustain consistent drives and help out this defense. Even if you're not putting up, 30 points a game. Now, Glenn, I want to transition towards this question that you asked about what does the rest of this season look like? And I think a that's going to be answered definitely before this kind of this Tuesday, because this Tuesday is the NFL trade deadline at 4 p.m. Eastern time, Tuesday, October 29th. That's when the trade deadline is. And that's when the Giants will have to decide, you know, uh, <laughs> are they going to trade for anybody, which they've actually been rumored to uh to be linked with Quinn and Williams, uh, the the defensive end, the defense alignment for the Jets, which would be quite interesting if uh, if, if <laughs> Gettleman can find a way and what he would give up to get him on the football team, or are we going to trade some guys away? So, Glenn, let's actually – I want to start – let's start on the – we were talking a lot about the offense. Let's start on the defensive side of the ball with some guys. Um, let's work our way from the outside and then in. Let's start with Janoris Jenkins. What do you think is going to happen with Janoris Jenkins? What do you want to happen with Janoris Jenkins? Because those could be two very different questions. Well, in today's game, you know, he did show up. You know, he had that interception. He made a good play, uh, you know, in today's game. But he he did well. I mean, there was another pass defended. He played well today. So I don't know if he knows. You know, he's on the block. Well, I'm sure he knows he's on the block, uh, Jenkins. Um, I, yeah, he's, he's commenting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, didn't, um, I didn't like him going back. To 2017 when you know he quit on the team against that um, I don't know if you recall the uh, 49er game uh, when uh, I think mm-hmm. CJ Beathard played and they beat they beat us in that game uh, you know in um, in San Francisco and I thought he gave up and then you know uh, uh, Spagnola at the time the defensive coordinator you know defended him but I mean I, 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 at this point if they could get a draft pick for him again you know it's about uh, getting as many picks as possible. I mean, you know, and people say on Twitter, oh, well, Gellerman's a good drafter. Well, no one's a better drafter than anyone else. I mean, that, <clears throat> that you know, that's a misnomer. It's how many picks can you get? And the more, it's a probability, the more picks that you get, you give yourself a chance of hitting on those picks. So if they could get picks, I don't care, you know, if they get like for uh, Jenkins, if they, if they trade him, they get a fourth round, who knows what that might turn out to. We, we don't know, uh, but it's a crap shoot. So, uh, I mean, at this point, two and six, uh, I, you know, I would trade people. I would trade Jenkins, uh, you know, if they get a good offer, 
uh, I wouldn't mind that um, because again, now you're turning a corner and you're preparing for the future. Again, this time last year they traded uh, Snacks Harrison, who played today for the uh, the Lions, and I know he got hurt at one point, but you know he wasn't. I, I didn't hear his name called that much. So I know, you know, again, I didn't really miss him when he got hit, to be honest with you. Snacks was a very, very good football player for what it's worth. But Dexter Lawrence and what he's bringing to the football team and being such a versatile football player, not just in the run game, but also in the pass game, but also just being everywhere, even making plays that are down the field, Glenn. He is everywhere. It honestly is reminiscent of JPP. In 2011, just being everywhere and being like, oh, you do not expect Dexter Lawrence to be making plays 10 yards down the field. And you were saying the same thing about JPP. And I know that's a crazy comparison because one was 290 pounds and a freakish athlete and one is 340 pounds. But I'm very happy with how that that overall nose tackle uh, situation has shaped out for us. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, and I just, you know, just to finish, I just thought um, Snacks was a function of having Hankins in there at the time. I don't know if Hankins is still mm. playing, but they were two, two huge men, and it's hard to move these guys, okay? And I, I thought they were just like a, it was sort of like a, a good relationship together between them, uh, you know, having both of them, and they, they were fantastic. Right. But, you know, to get to the point of, you know, the defense defensive players, uh, I, there was another player that uh, this week that was on the block is uh, – um, uh, Tomlinson, he's the other defensive tackle. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to we'll, we'll get to him. So, oh, we'll so get you're to asking him. me about we'll, we'll, Jenkins? We'll yeah, him. I would trade him if they could get a draft pick. Sure, pop those picks. So if you're you're asking me to trade Jenkins, absolutely. If you get a pick, trade him. Yeah, I I'm very for trading George Jenkins as long as Sam Beal is a functioning human being on a football field. All he has to be is functioning. I don't even need him to be good. <laughs> I need him to be there. <laughs> Because I know that I I know for a fact that Antonio Hamilton is not going to be a functioning football a, a functioning football a functioning human being on a football field. I know hopefully Sam Beal can be, and that's why you know he was brought in through the supplementary draft and whatnot. Uh, but until he can actually practice, will practice more consistently and show up on a on a game field for us, he is still. Jacoby Ellsbury in my mind. And if you know the Yankees and you know Jacoby Ellsbury's story about how long he's been out, that's what I've compared Sam Beal to. But really, how I've been saying this, how badly do you think Steve Spaggs wants Janoris Jenkins back in his defense? You would have to think that the Chiefs want to give up something somewhat significant to get him back, if it is possible. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think, you know, he's a veteran. He has a nose for the ball. I mean, uh, give up uh, Jenkins' stats. I mean, he had another interception today, uh, and he's returned uh, uh, interceptions for touchdowns as a giant. So he does have a nose for the ball. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's a he's quality, a quality uh, defensive back, uh, NFL defensive back. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Tomlinson. I say yes on him as well. Um, I agree with you here because uh, he was drafted what 2017, right? He was a second round draft pick. Yeah, so his contract uh, is his contract is almost up too. Yeah, because I didn't like him when he was drafted. Uh, he was a um, I, you know I see a lot of SEC football, especially LSU living down here in Louisiana. He was a part time player w- with Alabama. He wasn't uh, a full time player like Jonathan Allen uh, was uh, that you know uh, as as a player. Uh, so, and he had some issues with his knees. I think he had uh, issues on both knees, you know, separately. He was an athletic player, uh, but I don't really think he's shown much where you could keep him. I mean, uh, if you could deal him and get a pick, 
uh, you know, I would, I would part ways with him too. I mean, if his contract's up, I mean, what do they, why, why would you resign him? Right. I mean, uh, he, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it is next at the year. end of next year okay. that his contract's up, so you could still get another year. Now, Pro Football Focus, that's that's a guy that Pro Football Focus is actually like. Tomlinson, but you have right. to know his value, and you have to know right. where he is valuable. Like, Tomlinson is one of those guys. Now, today, he actually did have a sack. Good for you, bud. And he actually has gotten some much more pressure this year on the quarterback than he has in any other year in his professional career so far. And he hasn't gotten that much pressure on the quarterback this year, which shows to you just how ineffective he's been in that regard. But in terms of him stopping the run, he's been tremendous. He has been tremendous. He really has plugged holes. Um, and he really has worked well with Lawrence and with BJ Hill throughout the season this year. But I really don't feel like this team, if, if he were to go, it's one of those things very similar to snacks last year where it's like, if he were to go, Great. it's not one of those things where it's like, Oh, it's a detriment right. to this team. And it's a detriment to this defense where it just makes things unwatchable. So if there could be a Kansas city package, cause Steve Spags also had Dalvin Tomlinson, I believe for a year in there as well in 2017, I believe that was his rookie year. I want to say, yeah, 2017 was his rookie year. So yeah, 2017 was his rookie year. Spags, he did have Spags with their with his defense coordinator for one year. So hey, if there could be some sort of package where we ship both of them off to Kansas City with some hefty draft picks, uh, I would not be opposed to that. Um, so Glenn, let's move to uh, Alec Ogletree. What are we thinking about Alec Ogletree? Ogletree, I mean, I think you have to move him. I mean, because if you look at the games that you know, the Giants have played, I mean, the, the, the weakness is, you know, you just mentioned about Tomlinson and about the defensive uh, front, like it's difficult to run in between the tackles, but if you could run outside, like you, you saw firsthand last week with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, they were running, you know, outside the numbers. So the Giants lack speed at the linebacker position. They really do. So uh, Tree, you know, again, that was, was Gettleman's uh, thing. Oh, you know, I'm bringing him in, you know, we're going to contend. Well, look, I mean, the defense, you know, he hasn't really made a play a major role. I know he had some interceptions last year. Uh, you, you know, him, if they could trade him, I mean, if there's trade value again, and if there's a, a draft pick and if they want to get rid of him, I, I'd, I'd move on for him, from him too. I mean, look, I mean, what, what, you know, I guess, I guess you have to look also to the cap ramifications. I mean, how, you know, is he signed through, uh, is this the last year of his contract or is he, is he uh, still? Uh, he has a, he has another year after this as well. Okay, so I guess you have to start looking at um, you know, how much does it affect you know, or the, their their cap and their their cap health and dead money and everything else. But again, if you could get draft picks for these guys, um, again, that's that's how you build uh, you know, a team. And I know, you know, Gettleman is saying one thing. Well, we're trying to you know rebuild while winning. I mean, they're not winning, but you know, the key is accumulating these draft picks and then just trying to figure out like, what do we need? I mean, they definitely need help speed at linebacker and they need speed at safety as we say too. Yeah. Um, I am not trading Allegogatree. Now I've been Allegogatree's biggest critic. Like Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't really hate on a lot of players like actively hate. I know a lot of people will say this guy sucks, you know, and, and they'll just say it just to say it and just to get attention and just to yell and scream. I don't do that often. I do that for Alec Ogletree because he is genuinely not a good football player. Now, he has had some better games these last few games. He's had better games, but yet even in his good moments, they're still not like good because he still looks weird and awkward while he does it. Because like you said, Glenn, he doesn't have speed. And I've been on it by saying that Alec Ogletree is a terrible tackler where even if he does make positive and good plays, it still doesn't look like he knows how to tackle. 
He makes tackles, but he is not a good tackler. <laughs> uh, if Connolly wasn't, um, if he wasn't hurt, I think he becomes expendable. So I think maybe you're right, right on right. this point. I guess I'm at just the point with the Giants is just like, okay, well, look, let's just prepare for 2021, you know, and gear up. 2020 might be a, a turnaround year. Maybe if we things break right, we could be decent, get some wins, maybe eight wins. You know, this is, I'm, you know, thinking out loud here. But, you know, that was one point. You know, if Connolly was healthy, maybe Ogletree becomes expendable. But now maybe that's not so the case. So it's like maybe, Glenn, you maybe need to relax a little bit. The other point is on your excellent um, breakdowns, uh, the Dallas game, I remember you showing Ogletree biting on the play action. I mean, it wasn't even funny. You know, he'd been on the play action, and I think the tight end uh, caught the touchdown against the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys caught many touchdowns in that first game. But you illustrated, you know, here he's a veteran. Like, how why is a veteran with his credentials biting so bad on play action? It doesn't make it doesn't Same make thing with sense. Bethea. Yeah. Oh, was it Bethea? Same thing okay. with Bethea. Oh, Bethea well, no, too. it was okay. both of them. It was both, both of them. them. Okay. okay. Both both of those guys. Both of those guys. Okay. <laughs> Again, so that really – so I guess, I guess we're, we're ferreting out here is – the need for linebacker and safety, right? That's basically what we're yeah. ferreting out here. We that's that's we definitely need help in those. Uh, uh, again, and someone covering the tight end. I mean, we saw it again today too. The the rookie uh, tight end for the Lions, uh, you know, caught uh, several balls. And like you said earlier in the in the cast here about guys being wide open. I mean, he was wide open. So I mean, we we get killed constantly. Yeah, we we never get guys wide open, but other teams uh, have no problem, no problem finding guys wide open. So that's on the defensive side of the ball. I say the hold on to Alec Ogletree because for for whatever reason, the Giants can't function on defense without Ogletree, even though Ogletree is an average player at best. So uh, I think the offensive side of the ball in terms of, you know, who who to trade, who to let go becomes uh, a little, you know, not as... Cloudy, I think there's really only one guy that you can really talk about. Is he going to get traded? And then obviously there are some people on Twitter that are talking about Evan Engram. But I mean, quickly, Glenn, I mean, do do you even I don't even think you even entertain Evan Engram talks. I don't I say no right away. No, I know. I mean, because I mean, the thing is, whatever anger, I know Gettleman says you don't give up on talent. Well, you know, he traded OBJ. Well, that that's a different story. We talked about that in May. But the thing is, with Ingram, I know he had a drop today and the people kill him. You know, he did make plays, but he was drafted in 2017, first round, second round, we said was Tomlinson. Uh, he has talent. Um, you know, why give up on the guy? You know, I know the guy's a, a glorified wide receiver. I know he said, like, yeah. you know, his blocking maybe isn't, you know, he's not a Gronk. Uh, yeah, know, he's not one of and these also, tight ends I like just, Kelsey. I still uh, do get the feeling, quality, and it all starts with the quarterback, right? I, mean, I get the I feeling that the offense the is closer of, of to him. some point where you're like, okay, I feel good with this unit. I feel good with this group, and we can rock and roll. I feel like the offense is much closer because you have the quarterback there than the defenses. So I would really focus on focus the assets on the defensive side of the ball. Um, in terms of giving away assets and then also acquiring assets as well. That's where I'm mainly focusing. But then the other guy where, you know, the other arguable position where we are not close at finding a solution and the last guy that you can argue is on the trade block for the Giants is Nate Solder. So, Glenn, what would you do? What do you think the Giants will do with Nate Solder come this Tuesday?
I think just the way, by the way he's playing, I mean, I know we talked about this in May with offensive lines. A lot of teams are looking for help offensive line, um, you know, I, you know, with his contract. I mean, the only way I see it happening is if the Giants eat money uh, from that dead money uh, and just to get rid of them. But at this point, you know, why get rid of him? I mean, who who's his backup? I mean, really, I mean, who's his backup? I think, you know, Gettleman made his bed by signing him, you know, thinking that, um, you know, he'd have, you know, he'd yeah. be serviceable. Uh, it's got to the point now where you saw in today's game, uh, you know, Trey Flowers uh, on, I think, two consecutive plays, uh, uh, you know, handled him pretty well. And then he had that crucial hold on that flea flicker, right? Uh, they had that flea flicker today. If I, if my memory serves me correct, he was called for a hold that negated the play. It kind of stalled the drive. So here we have, not only is he giving up sacks, but he's, he's stalling drives because of, pen, you know, these penalties, holds. So, okay. I know you said earlier, okay, he's our left tackle. We shouldn't get help, but I mean, he has a coach, you know, it's, I think it's the responsibility of Shermer, regardless of your pain that much, you got to come up with creative ways to help out, help him yeah. out in some way. You know, maybe you could pull the guard over a little bit. I mean, you know, there's different ways of doing it. I mean, it's easy for me to say here in my living room, you know, how, how they, how, how they should, how they should do it. But I mean, you know, for them to trade him, right. uh, you know, I mean, who, what are they going to get? And then like his, he's just making so much money. It's it's not now. I funny. I do you agree know? with I mean, you, but uh, let's so, I mean, let's play devil's advocate a little with, a little bit here. I, I also, Tuesday Tuesday is such a get, quick uh, turnaround too. I'd be where, shocked. You know, I, I if these Browns rumors are true, and maybe there have been discussions. Great, maybe if if they can develop by Tuesday. But if nothing has developed by now, um, I can I have trouble I have trouble envisioning um you know uh, this type of mega deal uh, being formed, but. Name me another left tackle that is a you know that has the resume that Solder does. Ignore the last few games that he's played. He did have a solid season last year, despite his slow start and his bad moments. I'm particularly thinking of Monday night against the Falcons last season, which was that was a terrible game that he had. But outside of that, and particularly the finish to his season, he did very very well. Name me another left tackle out there. Now, left tackle, arguably the second most valuable position in football behind quarterback. Name me another left tackle that's on the trade market. It's very much like a starting pitcher right now. Starting pitcher with a team that is competing. They may want him and they may give a call to the Giants that they can't refuse. And And if that's the case, what you can do, Mike Remmers goes over to left tackle, which honestly... I would not mind that. Mike Remmers has been playing better than Nate Solder this season. So I would not mind if that were to happen. And then Nick Gates plays right tackle, and that becomes the ultimate problem spot. Now, I'm not saying that I want that to happen, but that is what would happen, and it would be a very bad spot to put Daniel Jones in. But ultimately, I think he stays. Last year, I remember Gettleman being interviewed at the end of the year, and he did say Solder did struggle in the first half of last year, and he attributed to it. Now, this is coming from Gettleman saying that Hernandez was, was part of the problem uh, for Solder because Solder was trying to compensate for Hernandez's shortcomings as a, as a guard learning the position in the NFL. Now, you're right. He did play. He was serviceable. <clears throat> you know, this year, like you said, he's been okay uh, the last couple games. You say you throw the last couple games out, but I can't see them. Uh, the key point that you just said, okay, Jones has got battered last week, eight sacks. Th- today was what? How did they have one or two sacks? Did the uh, uh, Lions have today? It was. It I was mean, much. I, it was much better today overall. Much, it was much better, better today. 
Right, was much better. They didn't give up the eight sacks. As a okay. unit. Right, right. They didn't give up eight sacks. There were some hits, you know, of course. I mean, you know, they did get some pressures and some hits. But, I mean, you can't, like, again, I don't see a team, you know, especially with the money, I, I and especially on the Giants' end, uh, protecting Jones is, is, is key. I, I don't see them I don't see them parting with Solder. I think Solder's going to retire as a Giant. Right. That's, just, that's just my take. Whoa, retire. Because, I mean, even though I think he's not going to be traded, I think they eat his contract, and I think he's done after the season. Uh, you're, you know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. You know, um, uh, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one, too. I don't think he's going to retire a Giant. I just think it's – I don't think he's going to get traded. But, however, the – the temptation that a team might have that is competing and that is in, you know, win now mode. I can't necessarily tell you on the top of my head, a competing team that might need a left tackle or even a right tackle. You know, if they're really, if they really want to go, you know, really searching and really reaching here, you know, a team that might need that, you know, and they'll just, they'll eat his contract as well. And they'll be like, you know, we'll, we'll take that on because we really want to go for it and get a vet, uh, get a veteran like him on the football team. Not saying that will happen, but, it's it's worth thinking about and it's worth pondering about. So, uh-huh. Glenn, that's our final trade scenario. Uh, I think we kind of we touched all our bases here with the game. Um, obviously, there is some individual players that we can talk about. We can talk about Grant Haley, uh, but I honestly don't even have the energy to do that right now. <laughs> well, well, I wanted to ask you something. Okay, yeah. let's talk just quickly because people overlook the special teams unless there's you know something. Mm. I mean, the Giants' special teams has you know played pretty well this year. I mean, I know last week that you were there. The, the run out of the end zone wasn't good. Um, you know, the Giants did have a block. Uh, they did have a block punt in that game uh, last week. You saw. You know, today. You know, again, this is like this comes down to coaching too. I mean, the um, the uh, the drive killer. They uh, held the Lions. I think this was in the first half, and then they got – it was a fourth and four, and the Giants got uh, a running into the kicker, which gave the, gave the Lions the ball back. Now, again, right. you know, coaching is, you know, you don't want to even get near that kicker. It's sort of like when a punter is fielding a, a punt, and the, he's going to let the ball drop. You run in the opposite direction of the punt. You don't get near the ball. You know, that happened in the uh, championship game with the Giants and the 49ers. Back in 2012, you know, 2000 when the punter it hit him and the Giants recovered and they won the game. But you know, you don't give the refs anything to look at, you know, because it really was. I mean, you look on the replay; it was a, it was a, you know, he really didn't interfere him with that much. It was a good acting. It was job. a flop. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. a big time it, it flop. Was, it was, but it was disheartening because the the defense. This is where like you're talking about putting a whole game together. The defense got a good stand, and then we give them the ball back. And if my memory memory serves me correct, right. didn't they score off that drive? The Lions. No, they they allowed they allowed three. They allowed three, but that's a big right, three exactly. points. Exactly, that's a that's a that's a big three points. So so you have to look at that too. You know, um, you know when you're you're looking at a total team perspective, uh, you know that that hurt. That really hurt because again, you know our defense is struggling. We just talked about the defense. You hear they get a big stop, you know, and then here we ha- we we give them the ball back because of, you know pretty much stupidity. What I have a problem with special teams is why are we running the ball out of the end zone yeah. on kickoffs? Yeah. Yeah. I, what are we doing? When teams are going to give you a free 25 yards, you just got to take the 25 yards because then when mm-hmm. you run kicks out, right. what, you get to the 20-yard line at best, and then yeah. you get yeah. a holding call, uh, it, and then you're back it, at the it, 10. It's upsetting. I don't know what's going on. I mean, we don't have uh, Quinn uh, anymore. I mean, Quinn was awful. Um, you know, this new guy, what is his name? Uh, Mag- uh, you know, Tom, because uh, I think they mentioned him uh, quickly. Quinn I mean, is still on the team, by the way. Did you know that? No, I thought, because uh, they Quinn, showed uh, 
He's still with the team. He's still with the team in some capacity. He's he's the assistant oh, special team coordinator. Oh god, oh, it, 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 it's a mess. But he he, he will, will never, never he will never leave the organization. <laughs> and then one question I want to ask you: You said earlier, but you wanted to move on. But I want to come back to it. You were talking about you know value of the running back and Barkley. Okay, what in your mind do you think? How many touches should he have in a game? Because uh, if I looked at the touches today, uh, he had I think he had 19 carries. Uh, if I look, Barkley had 19 carries for 64 yards. All right, 3.4 yards a carry. He had eight. Uh, he had eight receptions for 79 yards. So he touched the ball. So you could say, well, you know, Justin, what are you talking about? You know, Barkley's not being used. So that's what 27 touches, right? So how many how, how many times do you expect him to touch the ball? And then uh, if I'm right. hearing you correctly, you want him to be the focal point of the offense, uh, meaning like he should be getting the ball more or being utilized in a better way. That's why I wanted to ask you. I mean, really it's what it comes down to is underutilization situationally, right? I felt like today was a great mm-hmm. first step. You actually saw him running routes out of the backfield that weren't just dump offs. It was amazing. You saw him running wheel routes. Like it was amazing in the middle of the field. You saw him running those sure. routes and he was catching the ball in space. That I also have to say, mm-hmm. the turning now we're we're discovering this yeah. maybe an hour, you know, a little less than an hour into the podcast. That 35 yard catch that he had in the middle of the field where he tripped. Oh, absolutely. Game changing play. Absolutely. That would have been a touchdown. That would have been a touchdown. Sure. So that's that's a play that I'm just remembering on the top of my head right now. So Shermer, for the first time in his in Saquon Barkley's career. He was used more than just a guy who catches dump-offs and then makes miraculous plays out of those dump-offs and gets the yards after catch and the yards after contact. So I really enjoyed that. So Saquon was the second leading receiver on the team right behind Tate because Tate had eight receptions, 10 targets, 85 yards. And then like you said, Saquon had the eight receptions, 10 targets, 79 yards with the garbage time touchdown there at the end. So... Really, that's where we need to see Saquon more involved. It's in the passing game. It's we we say getting him into space, and that's such a sports radio simple living room Monday morning back Monday Monday morning quarterback take. But we saw it today for the first time. We need to do that because if that happens and if he is more of a receiving option down the field, that can hopefully one would think and theorize hopefully open up everyone else around him down the field as well, because that has been the thing that has plagued this football team all year, Glenn. It's getting guys open. Nobody is open down the field. That's why Jones is throwing into coverage. That's why Jones is having to hold on to the ball, fumble the ball, get sacked, throw interceptions. I think we, I think we can uh, wrap it up right there. I'm going to ask you your, your final thoughts and uh, then I'll wrap it up. Sounds good. All right. So uh, I'll just say, uh, you know, Giants did lose. They fall to two and six, uh, four straight losses in a row. So the losing continues. They're, uh, they got eight games left. I really do feel uh, out of these eight remaining games, uh, they have to continue to play, you know, respectable football. In other words, they got to be in these games. We can't have it where you are uh, you know, out of these games. I know the t- competition, they still got to play the Eagles twice. The Eagles won again today uh, to get to four and four. 
you know, they got to play the Cowboys. They have to play uh, the Bears. But, you know, Trubisky, their, their offense isn't as good, but their defense is good. Uh, they have to play the Packers. Uh, the only <clears throat> games I see that maybe they'll be favored in is when they play the lowly Dolphins and then the Redskins. But again, the game is at, at Washington. Funny things happen in Washington. So, you know, we don't know. But, I mean, here we are, another season, another second half that looks like it doesn't, it doesn't look too good. But perhaps, uh, you know, with Jones playing well today and overcoming the adversity, that's what you want to see out of your quarterback. That's, that's a plus-plus. Slayton uh, looked awesome today. Uh, that was another plus. Uh, Baker at times looked good, but then yeah. you know he got burned. You know, but he, he's he's making progress. That's a plus. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you've been on him uh, during the year. You know, with uh, you know, I think he had like a a taunting penalty. Uh, was it the Cardinal game or something? One of the game or Minnesota game? He had a taunting penalty or something. He was you know misbehaving. But you know he, he's gotten better. Um, you know, th- those are the pluses. You know, the negatives would be the uh, you know giving up the big plays. On defense, uh, you know, we can't have that, you know, you know, and then, you know, again, you know, hammering home, getting into these big holes down 14 and nothing. The Giants aren't built as a team to come back and, uh, you know, and, and overcome that. I mean, they almost did today, but again, close, but no cigar. Uh, you know, the uh, using Barkley, Barkley looked like he's back. I think they rushed him back last week. That's just that's just my take because they knew they needed to win. He looked he looked good today. And um, yeah, and at the end, I guess just finally. I don't know what pass interference is uh, these days. It's really hard. It's really hard to discern, like, what is pass interference? Um, I don't know if Pereira got on and explained it because I was, uh, you know, at that point I had to take care of something because I saw it was pass interference and then the Giants, you know, had to, uh, you know, it just, it just, it just didn't work out. You know, they would look like on both plays it was pass interference, and they they picked up the flag the second time. So again, it just that's that's disheartening. Uh, so w- when you look at it, a loss, uh, but there there is some positives at it if you want to if if you want to look for silver lining. There are silver linings here. It's just that I, I'm just you know tired of the losing when we're promised. You know what you said earlier, 2018. Maybe they'll they'll get on track. They finish five and eleven. This year, I'm looking maybe four wins, Justin, you know, maybe four wins. I don't see them, you know, uh, you know, especially if they start maybe unloading some of these people. I don't know what they're going to do for the rest of the year. I guess we'll see how it plays out. But I hope they're competitive. I hope it's not like where they're getting drubbed. But, you know, that's my take on this game. All right. All right, Glenn, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, Your time is always, always appreciated, my friend. Uh, We will... We will probably have you on. It's either going to be, you know, we'll do something during a bye week. Um, we'll do something during the off season, definitely. Um, so I want to thank you very much. You will hear from us whenever you hear from us. I give no guarantees uh, until until next year, until I graduate from from school. I'm going to give no guarantees on a schedule, which is unfortunate, yes. but <laughs> life is life, my friends. Keep on bleeding blue. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants. We will talk to you soon. Be well.